theorizing that primetime audiences were ready for a new time travel series, NBC and creator Donald Belisario debuted Quantum Leap on March 26, 1989. Starring Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell, the series followed Dr. Sam Beckett for five seasons of time-hopping adventures and vanished. Now, NBC Universal has resurrected the cult series for a new era. Starring Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett, the series once again follows a scientist as he leaps through history, making right what once went wrong. But just what is the show getting right and wrong? That's what we'll explore here on... Oh boy. Oh boy, it's a Quantum Leap podcast. My name is Nate, and with me is a co-host we can all see and hear. It's Brian Martin. Hello, everyone. Hey, Brian. Halloween time. Yeah, spooky season is behind us. I don't know uh, how spooky it got for you, Nate, but uh, I had to dress as one of the Paw Patrol. (laughs) So uh, plenty scary for me. Because my kid picks, and I always get saddled with, like, the least popular characters in every franchise. Who's the least popular Paw Patrol character? The recycling one. The one whose thing is recycling. Well, that should really be the coolest, Brian. It should be, but it's <laughs> it's definitely not. Well, well, the scariest thing that happened to my house is the uh, COVID infection has spread. Ugh. My wife was afflicted, and my son got it and was unable to trick-or-treat this year but um that's probably the scariest thing that happened to me outside of what network television at halloween time that's kind of where what i wanted to lead off with this week because it's kind of special when quantum leap whether we're talking about the old series whether we're talking about this relaunch gives you an opportunity to just kind of dive into a genre episode yeah right we got it once this season already with the old west episode which was a genre I know you're Wait, which, heavily which epi- What in. episode was that? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I wiped that one from my memory. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you love the genre. And then you were like, I've seen this a billion times yeah, in this, right, this episode. Yeah. And so here we get a horror episode. And I was wondering what kind of background you were bringing to it. I came to the realization just a few years ago that uh, I don't have to like horror. this sounds like a revelation it was came after after like months of therapy it was it was a lifetime of pop culture is what it was let yourself not like horror yes that (laughs) yes horror is so intertwined with all of the things that i do like Mm. you know sci-fi comics it's close enough that you are supposed to like it sure and then i kind of recognized that i didn't like it And then I stopped forcing myself to watch them. And then I just said, you know what? I'm not a fan of horror. (laughs) And there you go. And I'm okay with that. That's okay. I did pretty good Halloween this year in terms of watching like scary movies all month. And like over the weekend, I watched a a couple of, I would say, good to awesome movies. Oh, yeah. Being uh, Malignant, which I had not seen yet, and Barbarian which came out a couple months ago and is now on HBO Max. Is that a horror movie, Barbarian? It's, uh, it's, let's just say it'll do for Airbnbs what Jaws did for the water. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
See, I was picturing like uh, Conan or something. No, it's not. Nothing not like an actual that. barbarian. Nothing like that at all. Oh, okay. And then I chased it on Monday night this week with our subject matter, Quantum Leap's Halloween episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's about as horror as I go. <laughs> I have an affinity for the Friday the 13th series for some reason. That's but, interesting. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, I like a Shutter Island, or some people might even call Seven a horror movie. Yeah, Toes the Line. Toes I would the say line, that definitely right? Toes the, the Line. So things like that I dig, but, you know, things with a lot of gore or jump scares. Just like, why am I trying... I'm, why am I watching this? <laughs> I think you'll like. I, I I think you will like Barbarian. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I I do think you'll like Barbarian because it's not very gore heavy, very thrillery and suspenseful. It's, yeah, it's suspense. But Suspe it's also hilarious. Regularly, really funny. In fact, it's got a sequence in it that is one of the funniest sequences I've seen in a movie in at least a couple of years. Wow, in a horror movie. Yeah. Horror comedy. Pretty, I mean, that's a genre. Great. Horror comedy. It a is. Genre. It is. I would hesitate to call this like a comedy, but there are moments in it that are just hilarious. Right, well, maybe I'll check that out. As far as the special Halloween episodes of things, you know, I, I can get into that. <laughs> you know, it's, you, you get something a little bit cornier, maybe, or yeah. something that's just a little bit just seasonal. Right? right. It's got kind of a seasonal flavor. It's like the pumpkin spice latte of television. Right. Like we've had the hocus pocus all, all month. Okay. You know, when you got a seven-year-old at home, he's dressing like the Sanderson sisters and, and having a good old time. So you go all three of them at once. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm into the horror genre. I don't deep dive into the horror genre like a lot of people I know. I, well, I you just... say this with a Frankenstein poster on the wall behind you, and and, and a bride of Frankenstein poster adjacent. <laughs> But that's it. I like classic horror and a lot of modern stuff doesn't really do it for me. But occasionally something will come along that does. Right. Like uh, some really notable ones from recent years or would be like The Descent. And okay. it, it Follows was a favorite one for me. The Babadook was one for me. Oh, yeah. People um, like that. Those kinds of movies. I'm like when it's something really kind of new and has something interesting to say that you haven't quite seen before. It Follows, to me, was just hands down one of the best scary movies of the last decade. Absolutely loved it. Cool. Um, one of the best movies in general. But even like a, a movie like Midsummer is another one that I like really, really loved. Okay, yeah. Unconventionalish horror movies. The Witch. Robert Eggers is The Witch. Is oh, another yeah. One. yeah. Uh, so, so like, I like movies like that. I like feeling creeped out. I like feeling tense and suspenseful. But I like the gore kind of slasher movies don't generally do it for me right my, my the scariest movie of all time to me and, and most people is probably the exorcist and that's why you get an episode with a teaser like this episode of quantum leap you've got my attention right we've got a possession i feel like every movie about a possessed little girl owes its life to the exorcist oh absolutely um they're all trying to meet that peak i think exactly and this was no exception because it, it has a lot of similarities. To right. When I saw the uh, the little teaser for this week's episode, I thought, oh, good, hokey, fun, silly episode. That's what I was anticipating, especially given the opening where the 669, you know, the number <laughs> the spins, number down, spins yeah. and it's, oh, 666, ooh, scary. And I thought it was going to be very much akin to some of the episodes we discussed last week 
with like yeah. Al as the devil, you know, just something that's going to be hokey and fun. And I don't know if I got that vibe from it. Yeah. So who accepted the nudge this week? So October 31st, of course, 1934, Ben finds himself in the body of Father Davenport, a clergyman who has traveled from Baltimore to tend to a young woman named Daisy, who by all accounts is possessed by a goddamn demon. According to Ziggy, Daisy will die at six past midnight, leaving Ben with only a few hours to prevent her untimely demise, making matters worse due to a mysterious glitch in the system. Addison vanishes, leaving Ben completely on his own. I thought that last little bit was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's one of the things that I actually really enjoyed about this episode was the fact that he was by himself. I think I mentioned it. I'd like to see him try and be left to his own devices for a little while. Mm -hmm. And they gave me a whole episode where he kind of had to figure it out on his own. While drugged for at least a portion of it. Yeah. <laughs> you find out. I've got a question about that, actually. Sure. Your question and my question are probably the same. So first, within a few minutes of arriving at this house, both Father Davenport and Ben via leaping, we're introduced to our clue-like cast <laughs> of characters, yeah. which includes Daisy, the daughter that is possessed, Lola, her mother, Charles, her father, mm -hmm. Percy, her lush uncle, yeah. Contessa, the matriarch of the family, and Magda, the housekeeper. Right. So they even have a butler there, for good <laughs> yeah. measure. Right, exactly. And Ben is told very quickly that he's expected to exercise a demon. And he, he denies it. He says, spoiler alert, the demon's not real. Right. R right off the bat, the first thing he does is, again, my favorite thing that Ben does at the beginning of a Quantum Leap episode, <laughs> he asks for the bathroom. Where's your water closet? Yeah. <laughs> Goes in there, talks with Addison. Ben's like, there's no demon. This can't be real. And Addison seems like she's really getting into this idea. She seems yeah. like the kind of person who listens to true crime podcasts, loves supernatural stuff, right. unsolved mysteries, right. you know, like that sort of thing. And she's like, ooh, ghosts. And yeah. then, of course, she fritzes and vanishes. Yeah, yeah. Almost in the same kind of sense that I have with my wife, where <laughs> yeah. just because he definitely doesn't believe it, she believes it just a little bit more for his sake. <laughs> yes. Like, I feel like Addison wants it to be real because she's heard all these stories and now she's, ooh, I'm a part of one now, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interestingly, because this is a very much a sci-fi show, this is kind of a faith versus science episode, you know? Yeah. And the first thing that I really noticed is, I believe it's when Ziggy tells them that he's supposed to perform an exorcism. And he's saying, that's ridiculous. She says, well, that's why the machine brought you here. Did you catch mm -hmm. that? Yes. Yeah. That's why the machine brought you here. So are they just kind of doing away with the whole God, fate, time thing? Because well, later. Oh, that and see, I've underscored that one because later. Ian makes sort of a backhanded comment about like, well, is it really so weird that there's a demon here? I mean, Sam Beckett thought God was leaping him around. You right, know? right. Like, and he says it like, well, of course God wasn't leaping him around. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And we've talked about that before. Like, is this show going to veer into that sort of faith based territory? 
And I feel like we probably got our answer this week. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But what's really strange about that is that what kind of technology would require that you do something good for someone in order to continue moving? Like well, if it's not if if the if okay. I can tell you one thing, not any technology Elon Musk would be interested right? in. Right. Like well, <laughs> see it, the story, the structure of the show works under the notion that somebody is driving you to do something better for to, you know, to better humanity, to do right. to do a good deed that allows you to move on and continue your travels, right? If it's just a machine that sent you here, you know, what's the guiding force? Yeah. What's determining what's good and what's not? And Is it the machine? And why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why would yeah. changing something for the better cause you to move on? Where's the math that tells you that's what's supposed to happen? You need a cosmic force, like we were talking about last week. Right. To really sell that part of it, because it doesn't make any sense if it's just a computer running algorithms and it tells you. It's like seeing targeted ads on Facebook. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's like, I think you'll like this one. Yeah, I don't know. It seems strange in addition to the idea that they have all these records from the prior project. Magic himself has talked about the records that they had on him, and they were entirely operating on the notion that somebody else was in control of this project. They understood that and were working within those confines on that original show. And yeah, they're definitely holding that at an arm's length. Uh, To be fair, I I feel like Magic would probably have been an easier sell on a faith-based kind of angle here. I I think Ian is, like, by virtue of who they are, not interested in your theories that God is controlling the quantum accelerator, right? But I think Magic would probably be a guy like, look, I don't know. And maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm just projecting Winston Zedmore, <laughs> like you know. Well, no, like, uh, I, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. I th- I think it plays to Ian's character to be like, come on, but seriously, do we do any of us really think that God was leaping Sam Beckett around? You know, right, right. So maybe we haven't gotten the final word in it, but this episode, as it progresses, seems to at least reiterate the type of show it is. In that it's the show of science, right? Right. Although along the way, we're treated to some, I don't know, I think relatively horrifying moments. There's a couple moments in this show that I was like, that was scary. Yeah. I I have a little section here in my hand scribbled notes about the way the show looked this week. Mm -hmm. The direction, the mood and the lighting was all really good like I, yeah this is the first week i took notes about specific shots i think right yeah i mean i didn't make notes shots. but mentally i did as well i was like oh wow you know they're actually make, making a real directorial effort here yeah i wonder who directed that show i'm gonna look that up while you're talking <laughs> i usually i always miss the credits at the beginning because i'm typing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's happening but a couple moments early on in fact it doesn't play it close to the chest at all because before the title card shows up you see the ghost or the demon that is possessing this little girl yeah it, it looks like uh, like a dementor from harry potter almost like it's just this swirling black cloudy mass w- with a humanoid figure in it and it's scary as hell and ben's reaction is oh, oh. hell no yeah and yeah. then cut to main titles and the title card itself that said quantum leap was orange for halloween and the theme song was played on an organ oh. which uh 
I was like, oh, that's cute. That's I, cute. We're really getting into it here. Man, I, I am ashamed. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Didn't that even. I, I, hmm. Fun what? little moment. Fun little moment. I don't know how I missed that. I found the director, Chris Grismer. Grismer? I'm sure he's just primarily a television guy. Nine lives of movie called Freakish. Okay, so that sounds genre specific. Yeah, it definitely looks like uh, horror. Oh, no, that's a Hulu series. Hmm, okay. So, yeah, no, it looks like he's uh, still in the ranks of television at this point. Prodigal Son, Deputy, Unsettling, the TV series. TV, TV, TV. Okay, all right. Um, But yeah, not to say on his way to better things, but I think he's definitely gave the episode a look. Yes. You know how we talked about this show being an NBC show? Oh, well, it's NBC television and you can just tell. Yes. You know, (laughs) it didn't feel it felt like it was going for an atmosphere this week. Part Um, of part of I think what works in that regard is the fact that the whole episode takes place in this house. Yes. That's helping a lot. I think that the whole episode taking place at night helps a lot. You know, there's a lot of just sort of built in elements in the story that you can play around with yeah to create this mood and 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 maintain it throughout to, to say nothing of the fact of the time period that they chose you know like oh sure the 30s it's everybody's wearing victorian style clothes and and perhaps one of the interesting elements of the plot is that maybe the demon's not the scariest thing happening right now because we're right in the middle of the great depression yeah and the family is feeling it right? yeah yeah um in ways that sort of come back later on in the episode right i appreciated that at least we saw it with the earthquake where the leap is kind of happening contextually at the same time as this event everybody remembers we saw it with the bounty hunter episode because the framing device there was the princess diana wedding right yes so there's these sort of like major historical milestones that are happening that help you sort of stay in that world or keep your heads in that space because it's something you definitely heard about before right right at least i hope you've heard of the great depression before. <laughs> <laughs> i've met kids and adults uh yeah to be fair that make me worried about that yeah but, uh, but yeah no I, I get what you say it definitely uses that as a set piece you know for all these characters but as far as the spooky scary stuff like you mentioned they show the demon right away and the question i had about the drugging is he witnesses that demon before he's drugged though right it seems like, yes, yeah, he, he hasn't had a drink at that point. That was one of the questions. The other question is, is everybody seeing the demon? Does everybody see the same thing? Like, how, well, do, you, she, how do you control something like that? She mentions that, what, like a week after my birthday, the wallpaper started to move or whatever, right? And then we see that happen and he, later And on. he sees that happen as well. So he hallucinates the same way. So in a way, she's incepting him. She's, Maybe. She's inceptioning, but... she's inceptioning moving wallpaper. If Ben sees it, is it really there? He had, but he hadn't been drugged yet. Yeah, not that we saw. We, well, he had met the family at that point. Yes. I don't remember if he was offered a drink, he, honestly, because he it, was had, like, he, it was like 10 minutes in. He had, I think, we... turned the drink down. No, he didn't. No, he went right upstairs. I was asked I was going to ask you because I really don't think that he had been exposed to anything at the time that he saw that demon floating over the bed. 
So yeah, because he, he went he went in he he met the family he met all the family members. Yep. Addison showed up, went into the bathroom, came out, went up the stairs. Yeah, that was the sequence. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to go back and check. I'm pretty sure. Honestly, it's, pretty sure it's a continuity error there. Unless I'm missing something. Uh, yeah. No, I think you. I think you might have caught something there. So now we have to no prize it. We got. We got to come up with an explanation for it now. Oh. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, the no prize was famously given out to Marvel Comics readers for a few decades for coming up with plausible explanations for continuity errors in their comics. <laughs> if you provided an explanation that made enough sense, you would get an empty envelope with a no prize. <laughs> and did you ever earn one of these, Brian? Never, no. ever okay. did I earn a no prize. But I would say, okay, so we know that Ben went to the bathroom. Yeah. I'm going to say he drank water from the tap. And I'm not saying the water was drugged. I'm saying it was tap water. Okay. And pro- probably probably a lot of lead in it. Um I'm thinking like I'm saying the water's not healthy. It's the middle of the 30s. They, you know, it can't be that good to drink straight out of the tap. I don't think. <laughs> All these corroded pipes probably. I'm going to give my I'm going to give my explanation a little more thought, I think. Okay. Uh, that, All right. They do this thing in the episode where they flip it where okay well i can't come up with a scientific explanation so i'm going to go with the faith based explanation because i need to step outside of myself to see what the truth is right is kind right. of his kind of his thing kind of felt like he gave up pretty quick on he's it. only got 45 minutes true enough <laughs> he does it's like it's basically like a scene later and sort of the thoughts kind of pop in his head and he starts to reason okay well what if this and what if that Well, I think why it gives me a little hiccup is because he does it immediately following having removed an obstacle from the case because he discovers the dead fish that the maid put under there that was creating the decay smell. Yeah, that was pretty gross. Yeah, right. (laughs) They put the maggots in the fish and all that stuff. And he pulls that out and she's like, okay, so that's where the smell is from. There's a logical explanation for the rotting flesh. Mm-hmm. And then the matron, the maid lady says, well, no, I put that there, but the demon is real. Then he's back to square one and decides to go like, it seems like having removed the smell. Oh, well, there was an explanation for that. There's probably an explanation for these other things. But instead, he's, oh, well, hmm, that there goes that theory. I guess I'll try being a priest instead. <laughs> yeah, I- I agree that it kind of it kind of happens a little quickly, but I do think that the scene where he sort of reasons through this because Addison's not there as a soundboard. Right? right. He talks to his own reflection, which I thought was really, really yes. cool. Like, yeah, it was like where he he sits there and has a conversation with the priest whose body he's in. Yes. And it just cuts back and forth between the mirror image and him. That's cool. I don't remember ever seeing a quantum leap. Yeah, they do that. that that They do it really interestingly, too, because it kind of walks this line between, you know, a reaction shot and a reflection, which I thought is really cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And plus, that guy is like the poor man's Ed Harris. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. I was like, who is that guy? I don't know who that guy is, but uh, it's the poor man's Ed Harris. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, flirting with. The way the story's resolved, he sees that demon a couple more times. We see the wallpaper move, which actually just the way we say it, wallpaper moving 
doesn't quite sell it. It's like a human form coming out of the wallpaper and the wallpaper's kind of contorting and stretching. Kind of right. like the like the T-1000 coming up from the floor is yeah. what it looks like, right? Well, they draw a lot of imagery from like more recent horror stuff. That kind of look is very common these days. And then also sort of that herky-jerky, jump-cutty the movement the movement of the, the movement that is like they get 10 celery sticks and snap them every time yeah. your neck moves right like right. So it's all that's just cracking and like yeah yeah, yeah. They, they really lean into that so there's a very much a modern horror aesthetic in here mm-hmm. yeah it's one of the reasons i think that that kind of surprises or it looks unique when you contrast it with like other episodes of quantum leap sure but other things that are on nbc on a given week, yeah, right? Exactly. Like it, it's got a look that's like I don't want to say prestige, but definitely more cinematic, movie focused, right? Yeah, more cinematic. Yeah. So we meet these family members, and in true modern quantum leap fashion, we get about one scene with each one of them, and we find out that Lola wanted to be an actress in Hollywood, and Charles has recently been locked out of his inheritance from Contessa. Magda believes there's some sort of old world spirit, and that's why she put the fish under the bed. Percy is, uh, again, a drunkard. <laughs> he is an encyclopedia salesman. Right. And more importantly, Seth Meyers brother. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Really? Josh Myers. He's Seth Meyers brother. And that's all I could see was Seth Meyers' brother the whole time because you know, he's on. That's that how beat. he got the gig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's on late night every now and then, and oh, he's basically okay. just his brother. So I couldn't take him seriously. No, he's a he's a fop. He's kind of like this foppish, dandyish kind of guy. Percy is the one who's kind of responsible for losing a lot of Charles's money in the stock market crash. And now that Charles has been written out of Contessa's will, kind of raises some questions that only become even more pronounced when Contessa dies. Right. Her body is found on top of a uh, wardrobe in the room that Daisy is occupying. Right. Supposedly locked in there by herself with Contessa. And uh, yes, you know, it gives credence to the idea that there must be a demon because this frail 18-year-old girl couldn't lift a grown woman up onto the mantle where she was dead. But of course, we all know better than that because, again, we've seen Clue, we've played Clue, and we know a murder mystery when we see one. Right. right? (laughs) Um, You don't introduce a cast like the Motley crew that we've seen in this episode without it being a murder mystery. And so it just, at that point, becomes a, a whodunit. Yeah. Was it Charles? Was it Percy? Was it the demon who is responsible for this. Right. It's both exactly what you expect and maybe not quite what you expect, I guess. How is it not know. quite what we expect? Uh, they pull they pull one of those switcheroos at the last minute. Oh, I see. We figure out quick. Okay, we've made no secret up through this point of this episode of talking about it that someone is drugging the water, someone's drugging drinks, and the soup, yeah. Some of uh, the soup. And so what is being seen? The demon, the spectral wallpaper all of that it's all hallucinations right that are brought on by what we learn is jensen weed jimson weed yeah that's right yes and that percy's been dosing daisy with this ever since her birthday like three weeks ago three weeks yeah so that's why she's in a rough spot (laughs) and almost dead yeah now 
you think she was supposed to create all those claw marks on her face by herself, or do you think they, like, like cut her while she was sleeping so that she would think that the demon did it oh, to her? God, I really hope it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's... I mean, everything is bad. It just like, seems... Yeah, but I don't that, know. that seems like even kind of worse. There has to be more involved than feeding this child some Jimson weed in her soup every once in a while to fake a demon possession. It's a lot of like, Jimson weed. You know, yeah. Like you'd have to <laughs> when she speaks with the demon voice, you know, she's choosing to do that. Like some drug is not gonna make I you know what I mean? I don't know. I I, I don't know. It's, you know, I mean, remember that guy who got a little hopped up on bath salts and started eating that hobo's face like a decade ago? I mean, like, <laughs> I don't think he decided he was hungry for hobo face. I guess that's true. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know what the effects of Jimson weed are. So outside of what's read to me in this episode. Out of I know what one of the effects seemed to be anyway, and that's that Daisy was able to see Ben. Oh, right. Early in the leap. And she refers to him as an angel. Yeah. Sent from God. Right. So there's that again. Yeah. I thought that was kind of an interesting little moment. I, I actually expected more than that. Mm -hmm. Just with what I know of these types of Quantum Leap episodes, you know, in the past, they've always kind of flirted with this idea of the paranormal versus the scientific aspect versus the faith-based aspect, you know. And I really just anticipated that, you know, oh, well, she's going to be able to see him as Ben or or she's going to see Addison or, you know, something of that nature. Because there's always kind of those hokey things. And as luck would have it, I... In my rewatch on the original series, I just came off of an, the episode, A Portrait for Troyan. Yeah. Or, yes, that was, there's another ghost. There's a ghost in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> and an honest to goodness, cannot write this off scenario. It is 100% a ghost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you it, know? it disappears. The last thing we see before Sam leaves is the ghost disappear. <laughs> It's another situation where they're in a big old mansion, kind of closed off from society, and this woman, Troyan, had hired a maid or a, you know, housekeeper, and she said that she had grown up there and what have you, and, and turns out she's a ghost. Just an honest-to-goodness ghost. Interestingly, played by Carolyn Seymour. Oh. Having been in several other sci-fi and television character roles actually plays Zoe on later episodes of Quantum Leap. That's right. She's both the... Oh my gosh, she, she's, the, uh, she's, she's the Evil Leaper's hologram. She's the Evil the... Leaper's hologram and ah, uh, plays you're right. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah. Maybe I knew that a long time ago. But And Troyan is played by... Deborah Pratt. Deborah Pratt. The then wife of Donald Belisario. Yeah, and they had a daughter named Troyan. Lots of Easter eggs in that one episode of Quantum Leap, I guess. Yeah, no no kidding. And like I said, it plays very much to this episode where the host was like a paranormal investigator or whatever. And he had all these things that were like supposed to be measuring the magnetic poles and the, you know, whatever. And when in proximity to these instruments, it allowed people to hear Al somehow. That's right. So it's another yeah, thing yeah. where in these types of weird, ooh, it's spiritual episodes, you always expect the, the characters are going to be privy to Addison or Al, or they're going to know that they're not dealing with the person at face value. You know what I like mean? Like the mysticism is to some degree going to supersede the science. Yes. Right, that's At some point. Thanks for saying that uh, <laughs> a little more <laughs> succinctly. So, so she sees 
been for who he is because at of least Jimson at one point. Weed. <laughs> yeah. And before we know what's going on completely, when the demon shows up, he says, the end is nigh for you, traveler. <laughs> Which I thought, oh, God, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's creepy as hell. The demon sees him, too. But yeah, they set up this elaborate sting operation. They found a hidden passage in the house, as old houses tend to have, that goes straight from Daisy's room to Percy's room. We've cracked the code. Ben fakes Daisy's quote unquote death with the help of Daisy, and she's kind of in on it now. And when that happens, we find out that he's in cahoots. And this is the twist at the end. Lola comes up and says, Percy, you idiot. Yeah. Right. You know, you've you've ruined everything. They were going to run off together to Hollywood. Right, right. It wasn't about the inheritance money for Percy. It was love. It was love what did it. Yeah. It always is. When you're a traveling salesman, you're just looking for that one thing to keep you coming back, man. <laughs> which, yeah, which then says that this woman murdered not only her mother-in-law, but her own daughter. She was prepared to murder her own daughter. Yeah. That's that's fucked up. Yeah. Man. <laughs> right. Because she's never had anything on her own terms. Which, yeah. you know, okay, I sympathize with that. But, you know, uh, wow. When you really think about it. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. cute for a little twist in a in a television show. But, like, in reality, if you take all that away, this woman has slowly poisoned her daughter. So it's got a good, see, it's got that weeks. good, it's got that good psycho tinge that you yeah, are, you seriously. know, like, just a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, I mean, the family's destroyed, but at least Daisy's alive. And there is, there's a nice little moment with Daisy at the end where she tells Lola, I forgive you. Yeah. And Lola's like, how can you forgive me? And she's like, it's just what I believe in. Right. And I was like, oh, that's, that's actually wonderful. And that's. About the time we find out what happens to Daisy later on in her life, it's implied that she basically invents goodwill. Right. She gives the majority portion of her inheritance to uh, an organization called Goodwill, yeah. Yeah. And furthers yeah. its existence. Yeah. Another little quantum leap touch of history situation here. I was like, well, I'm yeah. pretty sure that'll that's going to take off. Uh, <laughs> yeah exactly i wish you would just say that at the end of every episode you know yeah i think this is gonna take off yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you may notice that we haven't really done a lot of talking about the 2022 plot line yeah this week and that's because there isn't much to it yeah we, we got a break spend, from it we actually spend i'd say close to 85 percent of this episode in 1934 on this leap yeah we get a couple scenes with Ian and Addison mm -hmm. where they are pondering about first why the interference has happened with Addison. Why can't Ben see her this week? And also looking up Internet articles about the haunting. Yeah. Well, based Internet articles. They're looking up Reddit posts, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually wanted to talk about that for a second. Ziggy ended the Internet. Really not yeah. something I had considered until this episode they were looking up reddit posts about this mm -hmm. historical event that ben is presently living and changing the outcome of right right so, first of all let me just say when they first introduced the fact that ian is looking on reddit there's a great transition 
by the director or the editor of the episode, whomever's made this decision, which was to take a photo of uh, Katessa's corpse being loaded into the hearse, and the flash of the photo transitions into the computer screen of Ian yep. looking at the post of that photo, which I thought was a really neat transition, and it kind of showed that Ian was looking up current information on the past through Reddit which is really a bizarre thing to do, <laughs> but it raises this larger notion of 1998 time travel. You know, Ziggy was pulling all his or her statistics. Microfiche. It was all microfiche. Yeah, like from newspaper clippings and public records and government documents and stuff that are on file somewhere because time travel was invented before the internet. <laughs> oh, right. But with the advent of the internet, there is so much information at, Ziggy's fingertips, it's really an interesting conversation to say, like, how much wrong information is she able to draw from the internet? Like, what places is she going to go to get information that's factual? It's all, it's all, it's all InfoWars and 4chan. Yeah. Like, that's where she's getting all well, her Well, no, info I mean, from. that's all that's out there. <laughs> like, where is she, where is she going? I would like to think that having been there in the early days of the internet, Ziggy has developed the ability to discern legitimate sources from illegitimate sources. Yeah. I just more so than say our parents. Let's just say, <laughs> like, you know, like Ziggy's got to be better at this than our parents are. That's yeah. But <laughs> my parents you know, anyway, I don't know that, <laughs> you know, that notwithstanding on the internet, the lines of information are so blurred where you could take Ziggy's calculations at face value in the 90s because there was only so much information out there. I mean, I guess right. certain newspaper clippings could have certain proclivities towards leaning one way or the other, but sure, there wasn't this notion that facts were wrong in the, the 90s. I, the idea that information that, itself is inherently biased. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know. It just seemed really interesting to me, the, this idea that Ziggy probably has so much more data to work with now yeah. when coming up with her predictions on what God wants. <laughs> or, or what the machine that's, wants. That's, what's, or that's what, what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. The machine is a capital M. Yeah. Uh, it's like the cosmic machine. <laughs> Sort of like the flying spaghetti monster. It's, it's, it's just one of those other things. One of those. It's a very interesting choice to use the word machine brought you here. It felt very Grant Morrison-y. It felt very like, we don't know what word to use. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. They could have said the accelerator. Well, the accelerator brought you here. The, ga the grand the cosmic gyroscope. But getting back to Ziggy and the internet, like ultimately they've determined that he was successful in his leap because the post that they were viewing was suddenly not found. Yeah, it... <laughs> error, error it was a suddenly an error 404. Oh, well, this thing that we were witnessing has changed and now it's not on the internet anymore. <laughs> you know, which is... like Much like an Elon Musk tweet about... <laughs> some sort of fraudulent conspiracy theory about uh, an attacker. <laughs> it just sort of vanished into the ether. Nobody knows what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it, thought um, it more akin to the Polaroid from Back to the Future. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's, it is the Polaroid from Back to the Future. It's, it's the thing by which you're assessing in real time how successful this venture is. Right. And it works 
because there's no other way for the guys in 2022 to even know if he was successful or not. So it's really kind of the only benchmark they have because we get through the end of this episode and they don't see Ben again. Yeah, that's what they use to determine that he's been successful. Kind of cool. Kind of a cool little thing. And I just like there's so many fun moments in this episode. And I guess stylistically and in terms of just playfully toying with the horror genre. Yeah. The suspense genre. There were so many just it felt like everybody involved had a lot of fun. with it. Yeah. From the top down, not just the performers who seemed like they were having a lot of fun, but everybody involved, like the director. Yeah. Cinematographer. Everybody seemed to be having a, a blast with this one. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a good time. Definitely came through on screen. Had some fun with the spookiness. And then it was also a mystery. And <laughs> how did you feel? How did you feel when Ben cracked the code on the Jensen weed and the fact that they'd all been drugged and stuff? And Because the first thought I had was this fucking buzzkill. Look, we can't just have fun with our demonic possession. <laughs> I felt like, yeah, you know, that, I mean, it, you know that you remember that ICP song magic? The Insane Clown Posse uh-huh. had this awful song, Magic, and they're talking about like all these scientific phenomena, but like, we just can't know how it works, you know, how do magnets work, all this stuff, and it's like magic, they're just saying everything is magic, yeah. and it's really fucking stupid, but during this episode of Quantum Leap, I was like, I feel like a juggle. I get what you're talking about now, because I just wanted this to be magic, too. Yeah. <laughs> magic, oddly enough, the, the only character we don't see this week. Yeah, I know. I wasn't disappointed by that necessarily. I actually like the idea that maybe we don't have to use everybody every time. Yes. Yeah. If it's going to serve the story to maybe leave a character here or, or character there out. <laughs> Say what you feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're really sewing the two ladies together. Yeah. that They're going to be gal pals. Jen gets one scene this week, and it, spoilers, does not pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's going to be the role from here on out, then uh, then so be it. Yeah, I guess. I, I just don't buy her in anything that she tries to do. <laughs> <laughs> not even I as feel really bad thing. about it. I don't. Yeah, I just like she doesn't have a tone. Like, where where is she? Like, what kind of person is she? Like, she's everything. Yeah. She's, like, hokey and jokey, but also, like, super stern and cynical. Yeah. But also, like, supportive and heartfelt, but, like, I don't know. But really self-deprecating and, like, ready to quit. Yeah. (laughs) But also so cocksure that she was used to be a criminal, you know (laughs) know what I mean? Like... Yeah. I, I don't know. Every time she's on the screen now, my brain says, could this scene be accomplished by one of two other characters? Mm-hmm. And the answer is always yes. Could this same scene have happened with magic? Probably. Maybe a little differently, but probably. Yeah. The same thing could be accomplished. Could it be done with Ian? Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Jen's character could be supplanted in most cases by one of those two characters. Yeah. And probably should be. Shrinking the cast only allows for more time, especially if you're trying to juggle two storylines. It allows more time for the leap, like we saw this week. If you're breaking down a script and you're trying to tell the story as economically as possible and you've got more in the leap that you want to show, 
But then you've got this scene that you don't necessarily want to cut between Jen and and Addison, where they talk about their feelings and Ben. What you can do is you can chop those types of things up and then kind of sprinkle them into the interactions that she's having with Ian while they're talking about Ziggy being on the fritz. You know? you just Speaking of whom, Ziggy would also be a character I would like to see this conversation with. Yes. Sure. Yeah. And yes, I agree. Give Ziggy her voice. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what? I just happen to be on the internet as one is... <laughs> And discovered that apparently we heard Ziggy's voice in episode one. Really? Because Deborah Pratt also plays Ziggy's voice. In yeah, and she's got yeah, a credit for that. having been Ziggy's voice in episode one of the relaunch. Oh well, I, gonna have to go back. I to don't that. recall that, but IMDb will tell you that Deborah Pratt played Ziggy's voice in season one of episode one. Blah blah blah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Gonna have to look into that one for sure. There is one more character from 2022 that we see in this episode in the final moments uh, yeah. of the episode. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, once again, the show doing what shows do now when they throw something major at you, a major cliffhanger at you right as the show is ending. You know, we've talked previously about Janice stealing Al's hand link, seemed to be creating her own imaging chamber. And at the end of this episode, we find out why Addison's projection has been interfered right. with. Right. And that's because Janice is trying to muscle in mm-hmm. and she appears in the final moments before Ben as a hologram. That only he could see in here. That only he could see in here from the year 2022. Right. Presumably. She's perhaps 2024. Who knows? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe it takes her a while. But she identifies herself and says, you don't remember me, but I'm here to warn you. And of course, that's immediately when he leaps. So much like Leaper X a couple weeks ago. What is she warning him of? God is a real tease. Yeah. <laughs> about these things. He's like, nope. And he plucks, plucks Ben out. That's right. Yeah. Just as he might find out, or we, the viewer, might find out what the heck's going on. Yeah. I think it's worth noting Janice appears to him in a very plaintive and benevolent way. Yeah. There's no hostility whatsoever. This is the first time we've seen Janice, I think, where she hasn't seemed threatening at all. True. Yeah, where they're, she's not the mustache-twirling villain. Right, right. It seemed kind of strange to me that Ian had two teams of people working on what the problem was and then seemed kind of surprised when it's somebody else that they know <laughs> is, is, already, is, in like, yeah, it's already in the system. Like, you already know somebody else has infiltrated Ziggy's system and this one particular part goes down. And you can't figure out why, and you're completely flummoxed? Like, Did you really think it was the demon? Yeah, right. You know? Right. I mean, (laughs) I don't understand why they didn't think of that already, except for the narrative's sake and the reveal at the end. That's 100% what it is. Because realistically, Ian should have already figured out how to lock her out again. You know, it's been a couple weeks. (laughs) He's had plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking a little bit more about Leaper X because I, I, you know, I listened back to our old episodes and we tried to think about what the motivations for Martinez could be and why he would say, if you value your life, stop following me. And right. we thought, well, he's either perceives Ben as a threat or he's up to no good or something. Right. But another uh, option that we didn't really discuss is like, maybe it's a warning for his own safety. Like, look, if you value your life, mm-hmm. 
stop following me because I'm off on some dangerous shit that you don't need to be involved in, you know? Like that Yeah. That's just another read that we didn't discuss. Right. And if you look at it like maybe he was trying to say that to Ben for Ben's own good, that would be perfectly in keeping with the Captain America we met <laughs> at his true mom's house yeah. last episode, right? So point is we don't have any real idea about what's going on, you know? Like there's so many options for what could be going on. The one thing that I will say is if you're going to accept Janice the way she presents herself at the end of this episode, leave us not forget she drugged Beth, <laughs> drugged her mom, and left her on the floor. It's kind of an unforgivable thing. It's sin. an unforgivable. This woman drugged Beth is her like mother. The, Beth is like the mother Teresa of Quantum Leap. You don't do that. You don't drug the your fa- own mom. The fan mom. base doesn't like that. She's, there's no... She, I digress. I, I will I will say one other thing about this. We, yeah, we don't know where it's going, but I feel maybe the writers are deliberately moving away from this. Maybe it was the original intention and it became not. Maybe their story ideas are changing, but I feel less certain that we're going to see Scott Bakula at some point. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. And like they can pretty much go like anywhere that, now. Yeah, I don't feel like that can be where we're working towards now. It feels like something different than that. So I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But this is the first week where I was like, maybe we're not headed towards that. Maybe Scott Bakula saying I'm not on the show is completely legit and on the up and up. And th- this is just kind of going to be its own thing. And we're never going to see Sam Beckett again. And the, I'm starting to feel that way. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I, right now, it kind of feels like it could go anywhere. So yes. that I mean, that in and of itself says it doesn't have to go towards Sam. That being said, it's definitely steeped in that mythology, and they bring him up enough, reminding us he's out there. But, he's still out there. But, um, yeah. you know, yeah. a lot of that probably has something to do with the extension, the six-episode extension that they got. Like, so, okay, well, yeah. suddenly we have to write more television. We don't necessarily yeah. have to end where we were planning it to end. I assume they had an idea of how they would tie it up if they had to, and now they've got an opening for sure. six more episodes. And still no, at least, yeah, yeah, still, still no renewal for a season two yet. Um, no, but I read that prospects are looking better. Like talks are happening. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so just a couple of weeks ago, they were on the chopping block. I think the thing is, there's a difference between broadcast numbers and streaming numbers, and apparently, the show's streaming numbers on Peacock are quite good. Okay, so I think that might be uh, a factor there. I'm speculating a little bit. Well, that's all we can do. Who knows what? I don't work for NBC. these people think. Uh, So next week is the mid-season finale, the fall finale. Which you brought to my attention. I did not know that. Yeah, and Ben is going to be in the body of a uh, teenager in the mid-90s, which I'm, I gotta tell you, I'm pretty excited about this one. Yeah, it looks Um, fun. Just, I mean, again, we've seen all of 30 seconds of it, but looks like a fun adventure. And I'll tell you what, something I haven't brought up yet that the teaser for next week reminded me of every episode or two, they have a song or a a pop song or something like that. They throw in there Mm -hmm. that that 80s episode with the Bounty Hunters was one of them that peppered in a lot of significant songs from the era. Right. Right. They're doing a really good job picking songs (laughs) to use in this show. So the teaser for next week, the song in it is uh, song two by Blur, which is like peak mid 90s 
like I hear that song and I'm immediately thrown into that era. And it's like they're, they're doing a really good job yeah. just cherry picking the songs that they use in these. episodes. Yeah. What was that so big I, 1934 hit that they played this week? Uh, <laughs> I think Beyond the Sea played at one point. There you go. In there, which I didn't think it was that old, but maybe maybe it was. <laughs> maybe Bobby Darren re-recorded it. You pay a little better attention to that stuff than I do, I guess. When songs come in, I take notes of it. I just make a Spotify playlist of the songs they've played on this show so far. Um, <laughs> but I also throw in, what's the one I said, Walking on the Sun? The, the Smash That's right, Mouth Smash song Mouth. for episode two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Toss that one in there. Nah. I don't like to recreationally listen to Smash Mouth at this point in my life. I got to be honest. <laughs> Only for business. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I have to put on my business music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mid-season finale. I wonder. God, it seems awfully soon. Seems early. Yeah. But I guess it's November. This is going to be eight episodes in. So as of next week, this show will have run for as long as the first season of the original Quantum Leap. Did. Yeah. Yeah. First season of so. Quantum Leap was nine episodes, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. You think they'll do something big? Like every week has had some sort of big stinger right at the end. Right. Yeah. And there's going to be something huge it, it, in episode eight. It feels really interesting. Like, had you not told me that this was the season finale, I would have been completely blindsided because the stinger for it seems like a short little, like a mid-90s story. Just like a little, it feels like a one and done kind of episode. Setup. It feels low key. Right? Yeah, it absolutely. Feel, it feels a little bit low key. Like, like when you get the teaser for the episode we just watched, you know, the Halloween episode, you're like, oh, okay, so I understand this is going to not further the greater story, right? The bigger story. This is just kind of a one-off. I got the same kind of sense with this stinger. It's like going to be like a teen adventure thing for an episode. I feel like if it were really going to be a mid-season finale, they it's going to be a lot in the 2022 storyline. Some kind of big mystery reveal that wants you to come back after Christmas. Yeah, I think we're going to see Martinez again. Okay. And Janice is a given. I, th I think we'll see Janice next week. And I think we'll see Martinez next week. Maybe we'll see Ben, Martinez, Janice, and Addison all together simultaneously. All four of them. Yeah. And maybe that's where we end. Who knows? But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, does that wrap it up tonight? I think so. Okay. When leaping through cyberspace, find us on Twitter. I'm at Captain Burn. That's C-A-P-T-N-B-E-R-N. And I'm at Action Nate, A C T I O N N A T E. Yeah, yeah, they got it. Yeah, they got I it. think so. They know how to spell you. <laughs> <laughs> also, check out the Paprika feed for movie reviews, pop culture drafts, countless hours of entertainment. There's a uh, horror movie draft. Speaking of horror films, horror movie draft just went up. Oh, I on saw the feed, that. Um, yeah, this week, lots of good movies picked. Lots of good movies picked on that draft. So give that a listen. And until next leap, I'm Brian. And I'm Nate. And we'll be here in the waiting room.